Outlook. Marketing for Small Business, Episode 121. And there's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business, Episode 121. I'm Kaylin Amadio, the Boomer Gal, here on Act Local Marketing every week. I share a strategy called Today's Takeaway, where I give you at least one action item that you can take with you today, right now, implement, and grow your business. I also invite a special guest expert each week to help you with some aspects of business growth. And today's guest is a funding expert. Funding a business can be such a mystery, so you don't want to miss this interview. Last week during my takeaway, I shared resources that matter if you're starting a business. One of those resources was the Small Business Administration and their article on the 10 steps to starting a business. And if you recall, step four was about financing your business. Why do I care? Let me tell you, according to a 2015 Kauffman Foundation report on the state of entrepreneurship, Boomers are twice as likely to be gearing up to launch a business in the next year. That's good news for the economy. And it's always been my mission to help as many boomers as I can find success in their new business endeavors. There has been a downward trend in entrepreneurship since the Great Recession. And I believe boomers are the key to turning that trend upward again. Boomers have more available monetary resources than other generations, but the Great Recession has also put a pretty serious dent in many a personal portfolio. And I want to make sure that you don't sink available cash that you may need later, even if you never plan on retiring, into your startup business or your existing business in order to grow it. So learning about options to funding your business besides bootstrapping is worth doing. So let's get to today's takeaway. I promised you an action item that you could take with you now that'll help you grow your business. So first, I suggest that you listen to today's interview with my guest. She's written an entire book on the subject, and we'll talk more about that after our break and the the many, many options available to you. But second, Head back to sba.gov and check out the SBA loan programs. There are articles about the various programs available through the Small Business Administration. SBA is not your only avenue 
for funding, which is part of what my guest and I will talk about, but they do have several loan programs, and one of them might be just perfect for your type of business. Another avenue you may not have considered is grants. Federal grants are not easy to get, but if you do land one, the money is free of charge, and it will take considerably more effort, though, to find one. And they tend to be available for certain business types, like minority business owners and women and single mothers and more. But a grant may be available to you if your business has a particular theme, often revolving around helping women or minorities or youth, and sometimes not even in the United States. There are grants for uh, helping particular groups in other countries, like Africa, for example. So if you think spending time to get a grant is worthwhile, head over to www.federalgrants.com, where you can spend hours combing through the possibilities. It is a great website that can help you wrap your head around the entire federal grants process and opportunities. Drop me a line to ask at actlocalmarketing.com and I'll point you in the right direction to find funding for your business. And that is today's takeaway. Please connect with me. Find me on Facebook or Twitter or Google+. Follow me so that I can meet you and get to know you better. And please tell your social media followers about the program, actlocalmarketing.com. Subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review at iTunes about any of the episodes that you've heard. Those reviews are very important to me within the, the world of Apple and iTunes. They help me reach more people, the more interviews that we can get for the podcast. And it's time for a short break. But when we return, my guest today, Tiffany C. Wright, is here. She's, I can see she's already picked up the chalk, and she's stepping to the front of the room. So stay tuned. Tax Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Act Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together The Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out 
Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.com. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome back. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. And as promised, I want to introduce you to today's special guest, Tiffany C. Wright. She's helped numerous small and medium-sized businesses find funding for a variety of purposes from many sources. But today, Tiffany will talk to us about how you, too, can generate the business financing you need to grow and achieve your business goals. She's the author of a new book called The Funding is Out There, Access the Cash You Need to Impact Your Business. Whether you've got a $300,000 transportation business, a $20 million business services company, or you are an, an aspiring entrepreneur considering your options, Tiffany C. Wright has the information and the strategies for getting your business needs financed, and she is here to reveal all. Too bad it's only audio, Tiffany. You're going to reveal all. Welcome to Act Local Marketing. Thank you, Kaylin. I'm I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, we were finally able to make this work. We've scheduled Tiffany to be on the show before, but she was traveling, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but it was. we said, okay, we've got to do this another day. This is not going to quite work out, so I'm glad we were able to reconnect. Yes, me, me too. Thank you so much. <laughs> sure. So when I meet someone for the first time, Tiffany... I always like to collect their entrepreneurial journey of how they came to be doing what it is they're doing. So, and I, I always say this in a nutshell, put your life in a nutshell for me. <laughs> Tell me how you came to be doing what you're doing. What's your journey? No 20 minute discourse. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're trying to be uh, fair with people's time. Yes. You know, yes. so. Um, well, briefly I was exposed to entrepreneurship when I lived in Japan. I uh, I met a number of American entrepreneurs and who were doing business in Japan, and then I traveled extensively. It was something about the traveling extensively by myself that made me open my mind to possibilities. So I then went back to grad school and focused on buying businesses. I studied entrepreneurship and, and financial um, and finance. And uh, so my goal was to buy a business using funds that I obtained through uh, stock options at tech companies. <laughs> that didn't wow. work because the market crashed. I was going to say a little risky, <laughs> risky much. Okay. Yes, yes. But then I, I, I loved real estate, so I, I, I switched to real estate investment. So I, instead of buying one company outright, I acquired a number of properties one by one, and then I picked up speed and acquired multiple properties. And then I uh, I got out of the market before the market tanked. I think I got out of the market towards the end of uh, 2005, wow. beginning of 2006. And uh, and anyways, that that's what launched my entrepreneurial uh, career. Wow. 
That's an interesting. Um, that's an interesting journey. There's always common threads amongst entrepreneurs. You know, there's certain traits, but that's that's a journey that I I can't say genuinely that that I've really heard before or that's that's similar to many others. And you know what strikes me as different about it is most entrepreneurs that I have spoken to or or read about, you know, heard interviewed, they had an idea or they had a feeling, you know, they needed to be out there on their own. So they started businesses where you specifically looked for something you could purchase. And that's different. Not all, not all of them think that way. And I've interviewed a few other people that say, oh, yeah, 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 you should be looking for businesses to buy. You know, why would you go to all the trouble? Because people who've never owned a business don't realize how difficult it is to really start a business and all the hats you have to wear. And But if you can buy a business that's already gone through some of those growing pains and a few of those, oops, you know, why did we do that kind of moments, then sometimes you're better off. So that's very interesting to me that, that you chose that route. It's very smart, actually. <laughs> it like was, well, if you... If you think about it, I came into entrepreneurship from a love of finance. So I'm in Japan working at Honda as an engineer, and I'm doing a lot of personal investing. And so I begin to read about hedge funds and private equity funds. I still don't know that much about them, but I knew that they acquired businesses. Right. So I, I read a book called Why Do White Guys Have All the Fun? <laughs> <laughs> By Reginald Lewis. He, he, he had died by that time, but uh, I was also a Wall Street Journal subscriber. So he he was a huge advocate of buying a business, right? And um, even though he started his first business, mm-hmm. so that's that's where the, I guess the seed germinated. Right. Very very smart. Now you've written a book. The funding is out there. Access the cash you need to impact your business. Now, why did you write a book on funding? I advised businesses for two years at Georgia Tech, and I wrote a book called Solving the Capital. <laughs> what was it called? I Solving published the book called Solving the Capital Equation. Ah. And yes, yes. See, this is what happens when you don't use a publisher and you have an engineering and finance background. I, I have an engineering background too. I know we can be a little, a little uh, left-brained all, See, all the time. I was really good at explaining um, how to get your business funded to businesses in a one-on-one uh, situation or uh, in uh, at conferences and other speaking engagements mm-hmm. and, and just people walking up to me. Um, and But I wasn't good at selecting a title. But anyways, what it was was that I was often repeating myself. To them, it was new information, but I kept getting the same kinds of questions. I can't get funding. I went to the bank. I got turned down twice by this bank and that bank. I don't know how to pursue angel investors, but the same types of questions. Mm-hmm. I need to grow my business and I don't know where to start or I can't, I can't, I can't. And it became a little frustrating. So finally, someone told me to write these things down. And so since I published the first one, I've continued to write down um, the scenarios that I encounter, the different the different ways that I help businesses find uh, funding. Right. And um, and so then I just compiled all of that with the case studies and all the and, and you know, put every organized everything. So it's easy to follow and so on. But that's what other people's frustrations led to my frustration. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. You know, and, and in marketing, we call those frequently asked questions. You know, there's not there's not a lot of new questions in in the world. 
you know, but it's new to that person at that moment because they're struggling with it. So looking at, uh, that's a technique that I tell people on the podcast that if they want to write a book, start looking at some of the frequently asked questions that Uh you're getting over and over and over again, because those are good, you know, kernels or maybe even chapter titles, you know, to your first book. That's absolutely right. That's okay. right. That's interesting. Right. So how do you go about, you, you have all these tools at your disposal. You know all these different ways and means of making this happen. How do you determine which funding strategy is right for a given, you know, small to mid-sized business that you're working with? That's actually a very good question because it does depend. It depends on the stage the company is at or is in so if whether they're in the early initial startup stages whether they're in a rapid growth phase whether they're in a more steady state phase with more assets or cash flow it depends on the industry the company is in um for for instance if you're in transportation and you have a lot of rolling stock you don't go to a bank to get your rolling stock financed because you're afraid it will roll away <laughs> uh-huh. you go- you go to equipment vendors who deal specifically with the transportation industry and know how to mitigate that risk. Okay. If you, um, it also depends on how much cash you have and how many, how much assets you have. Uh, because if you don't have much cash, then you can't take on any debt, or you can take on very little debt. Um, but if you have some cash and you have good assets, you can take on more debt. But you have to push the payment of it out. If you have neither, then you really need equity or some kind of equity-like or creative funding source. Okay, interesting. So, so a lot of the people that end up becoming my clients or people who even listen to this podcast, right, are solo entrepreneurs, okay. right? They're sole practitioners or they're very small, small businesses. They okay. pr- likely don't have any permanent employees. They might have outside contractors, right? Virtual assistants, you know, um, various, yeah, outside contractors, I guess is is the best way to put it, that they either partner with, you know, to do larger projects or what have you, but they, they want to go for funding, right? So what, what can they do? Okay. Well, typically solopreneurs are not, are, are not candidates for equity because, in order for someone to inject equity into your business, they need to see a payback within three to five years. And you need to be able to explicitly state that and show how they will get their money back. And typically solopreneurs are not going to have the level of growth needed. So you're not going to go from a hundred thousand dollars to 5 million. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so focus, the focus is more on what I call, creative type it's in the, I, and it's not necessarily that it requires so much creativity it's just that it's not the traditional sources of funding so for instance co-marketing agreements that i've had uh, customers clients other companies who have entered into co-marketing so for instance one company offered um i had one company that serviced uh provided tax solutions but they didn't they but they solely focused on tax, this weird kind of uh, real estate related tax solution. So they partnered with accounting firms and the accounting firms did all the marketing because it was an add-on service for that tax entity. Um, 
There are strategic part uh, again strategic partnerships. Yeah, that's the exact word that was popping in my head. A strategic partnership. Okay. Yes. So those are typically larger firms. If you have something, uh, or if you do intend to grow, but right now you're solopreneur, but you do intend to get larger, then a strategic partner can help you get there. And if you have something that they need. Um, and you can develop it more rapidly, whether it's a service, a methodology, or whatever, then you can approach those larger companies. And larger could be anywhere from a few million to billions, depending on the size of your opportunity and what you're looking for. There are uh, bartering. I think <clears throat> one thing I have to caution on with bartering is that if you're is some people tend to devalue their product or service and they barter whenever a bartering opportunity presents itself. No. Bartering is a is a is represented in, in GAP, generally accepted accounting principles. So if you provide your service to someone, then you um, then that's reflected as revenue. You know, somebody okay. will pay okay. you for that service ordinarily, right? Right. And if you receive a service from someone, you must reflect that in your income statement as expenses. So keep that in mind. So only barter for those products or services that you would have paid for otherwise. So, um, but that's, that's a very important point for people to hear. I want to make sure they, re they really heard that. So, cause some people are patently against bartering and some people, I, and I, I know one or two that want to barter absolutely everything. <laughs> Right, they don't want money to ever exchange hands. Right, they want to barter with you for everything. So, even so, if you're going to barter with someone, it can be a service that you could actually pay them for the service, and in return, they pay you the exact same amount for your service. So it's a wash to both of you in green cash, but it's on your accounting statements as an expense and you know a receipt of uh, income. You're saying, yes. Well, what if you barter? Then it's a cashless transaction, but you should only barter when you would have paid cash. So essentially, you're conserving your cash, and it's a means of funding that which you would have funding. It's it's essentially a funding alternative for you. Okay. So if you are a marketing entity and you need, uh, you need um, space. You, you you now decided you want an office and there's a leasing entity out there that's looking for someone to do marketing. You can barter for, you provide right. space, they, um, they provide space, you provide marketing. That is something that's meaningful. Now, if you are a marketing person and, and there's someone out there who says, look, um, I need your marketing services, but I, I do home repair and you have no need for home repair. What good is it going to do you? You're right. just going to accrue something that you're not going to use. Yes. What's the what good is that? It, okay. So that's the whole focus. And yes, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, solopreneurs use bartering. Either they they stay away from it because they think it has a negative com um, connotation and it reduces their value, and then others just kind of, like you said overdo it. But yes. let me just say this: when I was at, I worked at Enron. Okay. And before they went I'm sorry to, to hear that <laughs> <laughs> I left about a year and a half before they went under um, and we bartered we swapped so we would swap uh, 
I remember doing a billion dollar swap for space on, uh, you know, AT&T and, and uh, NTT's um, fiber optic lines. So the, we had to reflect that in our, our financial statement. So it is completely 100% legitimate. Interesting. So even the, the really big dogs yes. barter. They a do. billion they call, dollar barter. They call it a swap, but it's exactly the same thing. It's oh, a barter. Interesting. I didn't know that. That gives me sort of a different a different view of of bartering. But I yes, mean, it makes so sense. Was, that, it makes sense. It's just that yeah. sometimes when a solopreneur, um, because they don't have tremendous amounts of cash laying around, they you know they're trying to barter everything, and it just it doesn't always doesn't really help you grow always. No, it keeps because, you small a lot of times. Well, what it is also is it's the mindset, and that's the other thing um, that I stress. And, and I provide so many different options, and I and I like to pinpoint on the different options. For instance, as a small a small firm, you could do crowdfunding. Um, you can do you can if you don't qualify for a bank loan, you can go out to Prosper or Lending Club, especially Prosper, uh, for uh, to get a loan through your peers. It's called peer to peer lending. Um, but I, I, you don't want to be cheap. It's one thing to conserve your cash and to identify creative ways that you can, okay, I need $100,000 for all these different things, but you can say, okay, I need marketing. I can do a co-marketing agreement. I need rent. Perhaps I can, I can do this. I need, you know, you break that $100,000 into exactly what you need and why you need it. But that's completely different than saying, "Oh, I don't have a hundred thousand. How can I do it for cheap?" It, you, you, your business have value, and you need to think of your business as having value. Otherwise, you can never convince anyone else that your business has value, and you won't be able to get the funding that you you need. Right. And some of so here's another question that comes to mind. You know, some of the value for a solopreneur is their intellectual property, right? Yeah. So how do, you, how do you get on paper the value of your business so that other people can actually see it? Um, well, I think most solopreneurs don't prepare a balance sheet. Right. But that's where it would show. Intellectual okay. property, if you look at, if you're a stock investor, grab one of the 10Ks or any reports of, of the companies that you invest in and if you look at any of the technology companies or even many of your uh, manufacturing companies, you'll see intellectual property or uh, R&D. Anyways, you'll see this on the balance sheet. And that's where your intellectual property has value. So if you have created some repository of information that has value, then especially as a service company, that's where your value will reside on your balance sheet. Interesting. Okay. So... <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, solopreneurs, a lot of them have not owned businesses before, so they're not thinking like big companies because they're not big companies, right? Mm -hmm. But you need some of that kind of systematic stuff in place in yes. your business in, and, in order to treat it like a real business. Yes, and it's easy. Even if you don't use QuickBooks, you just use Excel. QuickBooks has good tutorials online and, and that will walk you through how you do a balance sheet. And there's other entities out there, like I think accountingcoach.com, um, that provides, that will do this for you. And I'm just talking about a little one-pager, but what it does is it helps. If you have that one-pager and 
it will just help and you look at it on occasion it will help you realize that your business has value right and, and it'll, it'll quantify things it will quantify things yeah. that's absolutely right right that's okay absolutely right so what uh, what advice can can you offer business owners who are who are struggling right now some of Hey, it's Kaylin here. I was having so much fun talking to my guest, Tiffany Seabright, that I think I forgot to take a break. So before I, uh, I get to the end of the interview, because I have several more questions for her, and she's got a lot of great information for us about funding our business, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll pick up here where we left off. So a quick break, and we will be right back with more from my guest, Tiffany Seabright, and how to fund your business. Stay tuned. Tax Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Once there was a smart baby boomer that loved her business. She knew that to grow it, she would need marketing. So she went for a search on the internet and came across all sorts of social media. She went on all the sites and opened accounts, but after starting profiles on all of them, she began to feel overwhelmed. To do all the marketing experts told her to do was just too big a task. She needed a change. Because she was a smart entrepreneur, she chose two of the popular social media sites to market her business. But after months and months, it didn't seem to make any difference. And she saw other savvy business owners using different sites here and blogging over there. When suddenly, she noticed more clever baby boomers going to iKalen.com and leaving so happy, she just had to see for herself. iKalen.com helped her make a marketing plan to grow her business that wasn't too big and wasn't too little. It was just right. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Okay, people, break time is over. Let's get to more with my guest Tiffany C. Wright and how to fund your business. So what, uh, what advice can, can you offer business owners who are, who are struggling right now? Some of our fellow business owners out there who, you know, this economy is still dragging for a lot of people. Um, well, my, and I know some, sometimes people get on me, but I, I, I never believe that it's the economy. I do believe that changes in the economy cause you to make you know, cause you to make changes. For instance, I saw the, I didn't realize that the housing market was going to plummet the way it did, but in the section of the housing market that I was in, there were, there were all these things occurring and I paid attention and I said, credit is way too easy. 
it's easier to buy a house. It's just as easy to buy a house as it is to rent. So I made changes. I ended up getting out of the market, but whenever there's market, the market gives you clues. And if you are down looking at your business too much, you don't look up and read the industry press, the business press, talk to people and you don't see what's going on. And so it catches you off guard. So that's one thing. Two is you need, when you provide services, you need to communicate the value of what you provide and not focus solely on pricing. It's, what's the value so you may have to add something or communicate what you have better and and I'm I'm saying this because this is important if you're looking for funding and you don't have much money if your business is struggling and the only thing you can think about is how it's not doing well how are you supposed to go out there and convince someone to give you money <laughs> who's going to lend money to someone who can't pay them back Right, right. <laughs> that's all you're focused on is I'm struggling. I'm struggling. That's that's what you convey. So, um, what is so I I'm a big advocate of um, the business plan, not the big old fifteen twenty pager, just a two to three pager. So if you're looking, um, in, in order to determine whether you need uh, debt or if you need uh, equity or whatever. You need to write down what it is that your business uh, provides, an overall description of your business, where you want it to be in a year or three years, how much money you intend to bring in, how much cash flow you intend to have. These, This doesn't take a lot of time unless you've never thought of it. Then it may take you a few, a few days. But... Um, then you can decide what you need to go after. You need to know what you need. Do you need people? Are you struggling because you don't have people or you've been trying to do everything on the cheap and you keep getting people who are not good and who keep making mistakes? You need, If that's the case, then you need to focus on finding someone uh, better. And then if that, if you need more money, you can offer them equity. You can offer them profit sharing. You can um, allow them to work part-time. Um, there's a number of different ways to get someone who's much more skilled than you would typically be able to pay for. Um, if you are struggling because you're not making sales, then uh, then that's probably more your purview. <laughs> The marketing and sales piece. But but keeping along the same lines, you can do the same sort of thing. You can bring in a person who's a salesperson and profit share with them, right? Absolutely. Give them a very generous, you know, commission off the top to start getting this because, you know, it's, it's five to six times easier to keep a client than it is to go find a new one. So once they've gone to the trouble to find you those new ones and you've got them in and you love them to death, Right, so if they want to stay with you forever with whatever it is you're doing. It's easier to keep them, and your business will will grow. So you can you can follow the same pattern. That's absolutely right. And one other thing I wanted to say uh, with regards to uh, finding money, suppliers. Now, if you uh, if you provide uh, if you have inventory, if you have a store or whatever. Um, your suppliers can fund you. And I'm talking about something different from the 30-day terms that you typically get. Uh, Suppliers may sometimes lend up to six months or a year, but you just have to convince them that it's in their best interest. Sometimes they may not say yes right away, 
They will say work with me for a month or two, and then they will give you uh, a loan. But essentially, that is a supplier loan. They provide it as a loan to you. And who better than, I mean, who better to approach? Some, they often give you much better terms than a bank. And uh, it's essentially an inventory financing loan. Uh, the other thing would be um, your customers. You can require deposits. You can offer discounts, significant discounts to your customers for paying for, um, you know, paying in advance for three months or even a year. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, you can, if you're trying to grow larger, you can um, sell pieces of your business to your customers. There's, um, uh, that would be equity. And there's this, uh, I won't go into that here, but there's a process for doing that. And it's not as difficult as the typical capital raising process. Um, so think of think of it that way, because many times people sell to their customers and then try to bill. And the funding issue that they that uh, presents itself is really because they now have a, like a 60 day gap. They perform the service and then they build at the end of the month and now they wait to the end of the next month to get paid. Right. So if you can restructure that, it, it then you need less actual external financing. Right. So those are those are some pretty uh, resourceful <laughs> yeah, methods because that was going to be my next question. You've really already answered it. You know, some resourceful methods to grow in your business, but these are all um, I was going to say out of the box. I guess it, there, you know, there's very little that's new under the sun, but we just don't always think of it you know when you're in the forest and all these trees look alike you know and you can't really see where you're That's, at and it takes somebody from the outside to sort of focus you and say oh no no no, you have some you have some things you could be doing here. absolutely I mean, and then there's you know there's factoring there's accounts receivable line of lines of credit there's a, equipment funding um there's leasing there's all these other actual financing uh uh sources and funding sources but what i but Typically, what I find is people come to me and they say, I need cash and I can't get it. Right. And only in about 10 to 15 percent of the cases is it that they're growing so fast they need cash and they just can't get it. Um, or they're a startup and they, you know, they haven't identified the, the funding source or they haven't been able to get it. But in most of the cases, it's they have operational issues or cash flow issues. And the cash flow is because of the way their payments are structured and the money flows out long before it ever flows in. Right, right. Um, There's that 60-day so, gap you were talking about again. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But the biggest thing that I find is that people say, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And once you say, I can't, you don't open up your mind. Now, right. I'm an, for instance, I'm an angel investor, and I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting next to someone, and instead of t giving me their 60 to 90 second elevator pitch and seeing if I'm interested, they 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 regale me with horror stories about how they can't get this and how they can't get that, and it's really <laughs> it's really a turnoff. Right, it's a down. That's a downer it's right a there. It's a downer to be next to that much negativity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I can't. I see you. I see it. <laughs> so you have to change your attitude because you never know who you can be sitting next to. And if you're looking for angel investors and you say, oh, my company doesn't, you know, won't att attract angel investors. OK, maybe you won't qualify to go and present to angel investment groups, which typically invest in biotech energy or other types of technology. Yeah. But 
um, your barber, your uh, the the local business person at your church. You never know who may qualify as an investor. You just so whenever you're out there networking, have your elevator pitch um, ready and say it. Because even if they're not an investor, they just may have ideas for you. Mm-hmm. If you need to think, my business is a success. I will get the money I need to grow my business. And I will just make sure that that's what I put out into the world when I'm interacting with people. You know, that's a very good point. And, th- and this is a good place for me to throw in my a marketing tip. Because when you're doing that 60 to 90 second, if you if you can, first of all, practice it so it come it comes easily to you to tell someone what well what do you do right right and you tell them but if really if what you tell them is why you do what you do in that sixty to ninety seconds that's so much more impactful to people than exactly what it is you do that's true why are you doing this oh that's now true. tell me more right that's when they're going to want to know more and where it might lead to an angel investor or a connection that you didn't think you could have had. Otherwise it's going to lead somewhere. So really you need to know, I call it your big why, you know, what's the big why you're doing. Clearly you're in this business for some reason. You're an entrepreneur and you're doing this for a reason. I've got to believe most entrepreneurs have some big, big reason, some purpose that caused them to be doing what they're doing. And if you can, if you can put that in a 60 second or less, terminology for someone and you see their eyes you know widen and the next thing out of the mouth is well how do you do that you know that's, then right. that's where that's, the conversation that's goes. absolutely right and if you're looking for funding what i what i recommend is at the end you say and i'm looking for funding that's all you have to say you don't have unless you know specifically already that you're looking for angel investment or whatever mm-hmm. but i would generally just say i'm looking for funding because if you are not exactly sure what type of funding you need, right. you don't want to put yourself in a box. Right. And that just sort of opens up the that's whole right. thing. That's you know, right. They because might hand you money. They might say, yes. my next door neighbor is a venture capitalist. They might, that's you know, right. whatever. Okay. That's right. I, I am good friends with the senior VP at the community bank down the street. Yeah, right. <laughs> whatever. That's right. absolutely but right. It sort of leaves the door open. It so. Open. let's let's give some people one last piece of advice before i let you go so okay let's say and and i don't i don't even really like to think of it this way but if somebody is feeling desperate first of all that's wrong right they shouldn't be feeling desperate but if they're really strapped for cash what could they do right now okay <clears throat> if they're, sorry about that if they're really strapped for cash um, one, I know it's a tough question because when it, you're desperate, it is a tough question. yeah, because desperation, people because smell it, you know, they feel yes, it, it's tangible desperation, they, and they, they don't want to have anything to do with you. So that's really this, the wrong attitude to begin this, with. This is true. But so let's say you, you have an opportunity and the opportunity could disappear, whatever that opportunity is. Okay. Cause I've had that happen. You have, I had, I've had someone who went to buy a company and they had, uh, uh, eight weeks, which is typically unheard of. And I had someone else who had a government contract and they needed to fulfill it. <clears throat> I mean, they, they, it, you know, they had to submit and they didn't have, they needed to prove that they could fund it. Right. Um, so the first thing you do is say, how much do you need? 
a, a list. What, what do I need? How much do I need? And why do I need it? What do I need? Write it out. I need this. I need that. I need this. And be very clear. And then say, okay, how's my credit? Do I have, if you have good credit, there are, if you're looking for micro loans, there are, uh, most banks, um, if you have decent credit, will provide you with a, uh, unsecure line of credit now. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, uh, SBA loans through Bank of America, Express Loans, your community bank, uh, between twenty five and 50000 And if not, then there's a lot of micro-lending entities out there, which Axion is the most well-known. Yeah, I've run into a few of those over the last couple of years yes. at, uh, like, trade shows and stuff. Yes, yeah. but they're everywhere. I remember uh, when I was at Georgia Tech, I identified over 140 providers in Georgia alone. Wow. So they're there. They're just small and locally based. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one. And they typically will fund you within two weeks if, once you submit the paperwork. Okay. Um, crowdfunding. Right. Uh, typically, if you need it really quick, like within two weeks, crowdfunding won't work. <laughs> yeah, that's a longer term. That's just longer tell, tell people basically what crowdfunding is in case they're unfamiliar with that okay. term. There's two types of crowdfunding. There's equity crowdfunding and what people call perk or dona donation crowdfunding. If you are a for-profit business, it's not a donation. You must pay taxes on the money that you bring in. <laughs> it's but what you're doing is you're 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 providing perks, which are typically your products or packaged services to companies in exchange for providing you with funds to help you do whatever market or whatever it is that you're up that you're saying you need the funds for. Right. Okay. And uh, and there are websites are, that you can go to. Yes. To sort of set this stuff up. Indiegogo. Those yeah. Are Kickstarter. Right. Okay. Yes. And then peer-to-peer -peer lending. If you if you if your credit is not so great, um, you can try Prosper, and you just have to make a case, a, a written case that um, for your loan, and typically, um, and you have to say whether or not. You know, if you went ten thousand, would you accept five thousand? Because it may fully fund quickly, or it may not. It just depends. Okay. Um, typically, that process is ten days once you submit and are accepted. So those are those are some really great ways. The other thing is, um, if you have, if you are really strapped and you need the cash, just begin to you know brainstorm. Get someone if you don't have anyone on your team. Get someone that you know who you appreciate and brainstorm. If if none of those options, if the suppliers, the equipment lenders, right, nothing obvious is coming to you. Yes, yeah. if nothing obvious is coming to you, the barter, then brainstorm and um, come up with some ideas. Good and pursue those. Follow through. Follow through. It's not. If it only yeah. stays on paper, it doesn't do you. Right, any you're good. not going to open your front door one day and there's a basket of money there. You have to. <laughs> Right. You have to actually follow through, which is the key to everything in your business. You got to follow through. Having a great idea really amounts to nothing unless you follow through with all the that's steps right. it's going to take to bring it to fruition. And this this works because I, I had I just want to quickly say that I had a client who uh, needed the government contract to fill the government contract. Mm -hmm. And in two weeks, we got her. Um, we increased their line of credit with the bank and developed a plan to increase it over time. We obtained an, a, an accounts receivable line of credit. We, okay, I did. Um, but, but, you know, I, I, we worked together, the client and I. Um, we um, 
obtained a uh, uh, oh, a line of credit from an accounts receivable entity, and then also we identified a partner because they were a small business and the partner was a larger business and that partner wanted to get into the government agency that she was in. So that partner agreed to offload some of the extra work that she couldn't do at this point in time in exchange for providing a um, line of credit uh, through their own credit facility. So you just never know. And all of that within two weeks, it's amazing what you can do when you're pressed for time. You just pick up a phone call and use your relationships. Right. Well, they say, I was just speaking to a, a client yesterday about, she'd gotten very, very busy lately, and she said to me, I'm finding I'm getting more done. And I said, well, you know what they say, if you want something done, you give it to a busy person. That's just, <laughs> you know, that's the way the world works. The busier we get, the more we seem to be able to accomplish. Yes. Because right? yes. we're, we're really aware of our lack of time, and we just keep, yes. you know, moving yeah, forward, moving forward. Yes. Yep. yep. Well, Tiffany C. Wright, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you today. Yes, thank you. It's been a pleasure a pleasure speaking with you too, Kaylin. I'm glad that uh, we finally got to meet. And those of you out there, you know, you have been listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business, where every week, uh, Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, I bring you a new great guest like Tiffany C. Wright, who has wonderful golden nuggets. Man, I never thought that I'd talk so much about financing because um, I often say to people, I love numbers having an engineering background, but once you put a dollar sign in front of them, I get a little weird about it. And so I, you know, I don't talk money all that often, but this, this has actually been very fun, very enlightening for me. So I appreciate it very much. And, you know, you can always come over to actlocalmarketing.com. And if you've been driving or you're, I like to say, if you're on the treadmill, I love it if you're on the treadmill and you're listening Don't get off the treadmill, finish that workout, but you can always come back to actlocalmarketing.com and search up this particular episode, and I will include um, how to find Tiffany's book, The Funding is Out There, Access the Cash You Need to Impact Your Business, and other uh, information on how you can reach her and find out more. And uh, until next time, I very much would like you all to take care. Join Kaylin for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.